This is the Roaring Elephant podcast for the 25th of September 2018, a podcast about Apache Hadoop and the surrounding ecosystem for anybody working with or investigating big data and advanced analytics. My name is John, and here is my open, governed, metadata-loving co-host, Dave. <laughs> Did I get it all? Oh, that was a bit of a stretch, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always do that, and I have to try and emulate you, because you know I idolize uh, you. Of course, of course. I mean, why wouldn't you? Now, who wouldn't, right? Hey. <laughs> so, yes, we have part part one of two of uh, our sessions with uh, Mandy Chassel from IBM on open metadata, governance, Atlas, all sorts of exciting topics. Yeah, I think we kind of got this idea when we went to the DataWorks Summit and uh, listened to her session there. Yeah, and of course Mandy spoke at the uh, during the keynote as well. On, the keynote as well, uh, definitely. Uh, one, so so uh, we reached out and uh, Mandy was happy to talk to us and uh, that resulted in about an hour and a half of uh, audio footage, which we will be sharing in this episode, the first... Uh, half an hour and a bit, and in uh, two episodes, because next episode will be a news episode, of course, but episode 109 will be the continuation and uh, finalization, is that a word, of this interview with Manny Chessel. Conclusion, but yes, indeed. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Let's enjoy a masterclass with Manny Chessel. So we're joined today with uh, by Mandy Chessel from uh, IBM. You have a, a, a particularly uh, large set of uh, letters after your name, Mandy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, obviously, we, we heard from you briefly at the, uh, the DataWorks Summit during the keynote, and then you, you obviously had a session. But for those that, that haven't had a chance to see that, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Um, yes, yeah, sure. So, so hello, everybody. My name's Mandy Chessel. I'm um, an IBM Distinguished Engineer, which means I'm a technical executive responsible for future strategy around products. Um, and the work that I've been doing um, is commonly referred to as open metadata and governance. Uh, and this is about building open source capability that allows metadata and governance capability from different vendors to um, be exchanged and integrated through open APIs. Uh, we've been working on this project with Hortonworks, uh, with ING Bank, um, with um, SAS, um, to give, you know, to bring together expertise from different perspectives uh, to create the solution. Um, and the solution is currently uh, being developed uh, through the ODPI. It's up on GitHub and it's called Egeria. All right. So you've been at, uh, at least uh, as far as LinkedIn's concerned, you've been at IBM for, for 31 years, which is um, sort of pretty much a lifetime in the technology industry. So what, what, what's your, you know, what have you been up to all that time? <laughs> I know it does seem a long time. I know um, when I talk to um, graduates joining IBM, they say, you know, I realized that I joined IBM before their parents met, let alone <laughs> before they were born. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very long time ago. Um, so, in fact, to be honest, IBM actually recruited me when I was about 14 because they came to my school and told me what a wonderful industry technology was and how exciting it is to be constantly learning new things and uh, being part of the development of the world <laughs> and that I would travel and get to meet a lot of interesting people, and in which case they have been pretty right, actually. It is a fantastic industry. 
So I joined as a as a graduate, um, and um, I started actually on mainframes programming in Assembler um, on a very um, large and successful mainframe product called Kix or CICS, depending on on where you come from. Um, and I was working on the uh, intersystem communication. So this is how two programs in different mainframes can um, exchange information. Uh, so this was, you know, a long time ago, but this technology has been around a long time. And then throughout my career, I've worked on increasingly open, increasingly um, multi-company e- efforts to actually get computers to talk to one another, um, effectively exchanging information with integrity, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. I worked on early CORBA standards and implementations of those. Yeah. Um, DCE, if anybody remembers that, um, and the Encina transaction processing that sat on top of that. A um, lot of CORBA work. Uh, then on to J2EE, Java, um, uh, Enterprise Java being support. Uh, then on into workflow systems and, um, and then into what we call information management, which is really around looking at things like master data management. So how do you synchronize data about people and assets across different systems um, to my present focus, which is around governance and um, metadata integration. So generally, it's the thing that nobody thinks they need that I work <laughs> on, which is the, is the products for the next few years. Yeah, but, but it sounds like actually, you know, Data itself has been a, a fairly consistent part of your, uh, you know, of your work journey. They're pretty much throughout. It, it's a lot of it's been focused around the data. Yes, it has. And and how do you make two independently operating machines share data with integrity? So I did a lot of work on transaction, you know, atomic transactions, compensating transactions, um, and how you handle the fact that, you know machines have to physically write their data at different times so how do you make sure that the system overall you know you know keeps your bank balance correct and things like that yeah yeah okay so when we talk about um you know data governance as a as a wide-ranging topic it's you know there are a number of terms that sort of come up that maybe it would be good to kind of get your uh, get your your feed on what you know what those terms mean. So things like, mm-hmm. I mean, if we run through, so you know, what is how would you define metadata, for example? Oh, <laughs> uh, so if we just take its meaning, it means data about data. Yeah. And what makes it a hard topic is that depending on your perspective, um, some metadata to some people is data to others. Uh, so when we're ha- managing it, we manage it just like normal data. But um, it's, uh, you know, it can cover things like, from a database perspective, metadata is a schema. Um, from a product catalog, metadata is details of the different types of products that are available. So it, it can be very, very wide-ranging. But in general, when we're talking about data governance, we're talking about information about the types of data you store, where they're stored, what's the format that they're stored in, what are the rules around their processing, um, and how are those rules being implemented by the organization. 
Um, extending that, we get into who's using that data, what's it being used for, um, and where did it come from? So that's the, the types of questions that we're using, that we're trying to answer by collecting metadata. Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously metadata is a fairly key, uh, well, is, is a key component within the overall governance of, of data. But, you know, data governance itself has been around for, you know, a very long time. The, the, the concepts around data governance are sort of nothing, nothing new. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think we used to be a lot more rigid. So we used to try to get to a single version of the truth. Yeah. Um, we weren't dealing with a wide range of data. So you could invest heavily in getting that consistency across, across, the, um, you know, across the piece. So it's, um, it's definitely something that's been around. We always talk about governance being a combination of people, process and technology. Yeah. Um, and it's all, there's always a big human aspect to it. But today, and really since the big data explosion, the way we do governance is changing quite radically um, because you can't make everything the same. You have to be able to have environments where you're coping with data with different levels of um, integrity um, and different sources and formats and things like that. So automation is key. Um, in a lot of the way that we manage data. Um, and that means that we need to automate around governance and metadata. So today's focus is an awful lot more on using metadata in standard formats so that we can automate. We need to be able to link different tools from different parts of the business together with shared metadata. Um, again, bringing us back to the need for the open standards. And... Um, you know, so so I, I think governance is involve, evolving to be much more, much more with people and data, and maybe less. And the processing becomes the process aspect is not people doing manual things; it's automated processing behind the scenes. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things you mentioned there was about this single version of the truth, and uh, I've I've had a a view for a little while now that actually. The, this this concept around the single version of the truth is actually uh, it, it doesn't exist anymore, or at least it doesn't exist un unless you have the very simplest set of conditions anymore. It's the the world has evolved, and data and the technologies have evolved, and the the systems that we're talking to have evolved to the point where you know the single version of the truth doesn't really exist. There is a you know a, a probabilistic view of of you know something you could call the single version of the truth but but it's a little bit fuzzy at the edges because you're feeding such a wide variety of data into it that uh, that's you know it's it's no longer you can no longer have this golden view of of what something is do you, do you th do you agree do you think that's correct or is, is, am i am i mistaken no you're absolutely correct and in fact even you know, when you look at, um, you know, a, a very um, advanced MDM system, there's a mm. scope around that single version of the truth. And it is, you know, this is the information we need to know about a person in order to um, provide good customer service. So it's not everything about that person. It's not stuff that is necessarily true all the time, but it's sufficient for that purpose. Um, and I think that's an important point that, that data isn't universally true or false. 
it's true or false within that context. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and the moment we step, we, you know, we forget that context, then we've just got bits and bytes taking up space on the disk. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, while while we're talking about sort of terms, how about things like um, you know the the lineage of data or the provenance of data? How does mm-hmm. that feed into this whole story? Oh, that's 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 very um, that's very interesting. So, actually, following on from that previous point, if if data is only true in a scope, then when we take it and use it in a different context, different scope, is it still valid? Mm. Um, and so a lot of what we're doing, so lineage is, is telling us where the data came from. And the purpose of it is to really understand what, um, you know, what are the assumptions made when this data was collected? Um, so, for example, if you think about census data that you might use for marketing, yeah. having the census from 1812 is not very helpful. So having census data in its own isn't important. It's important yeah. to know that that census data from today, um, it came from the census office, not from somebody d- doing a neighborhood survey. Um, so, so you're looking at, you know, do, do you trust that source? Is the source up to date? Is it properly maintained? Does it have the same assumptions and meaning in terms of what, you know, certain values inside it that match your use? And that's really what lineage is about. And, the, the, you know, people talk about different types of lineage. There's, um, do I understand where this entire collection of data came from? So where were all the feeds that, that led to this consolidated view? Yeah. Um, or do I understand where this record came from or even this value? Um, and how is it changing over time? So there, when people talk about lineage or provenance, they, it's often worth just checking that you understand exactly what they mean and what they're trying to understand. Because often people want to know where a particular value came from. Um, and that's actually very expensive, um, you know, in terms of logging and things. That you know, If you have a very complex flow that processed, that collected and processed that data to give you that result. Yeah. So I mean, what do you think the, the level of, uh, maturity for a lot of enterprise organizations uh, is understanding all of these different terms um, how, how well how how well defined and well understood do you think all these different concepts are in the broader enterprise I think I think they're not well understood they're quite technical terms um, and they're very tied into products so they use slightly differently in different products. So people's interpretation tends to cover the products and the tools that they work with. Um, And when you think about trying to become a digital enterprise, you need to start thinking about these things in terms of the whole enterprise's operation, Uh, not just a particular area, particular tool, particular skill set. Um, and this is, you know, one of the things, one of the first stages in starting to think more broadly about a data strategy is, you know, what are you, what are you trying to achieve and what, what, why, why are these terms like metadata important to that enterprise and then start to build the strategy around how you're going to manage the data you need, the metadata you need, how you're going to put the right skills in place, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um beyond beyond the sort of um 
the the kind of simplest steps of how people would begin to understand this you know where should they where should people go to to try and get more information that that doesn't tie them into just this is what this is what this term means within your particular your particular technology or your particular silo what 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 are good ways for people to start broadening their knowledge in this space um i think ooh, uh, so i mean you've got you've got um sort of good starting points of course things so things that are uh, community based so wikipedia mm. is good the work that we're doing um with it, with um the odpi is also a place where we're bringing practitioners together to come to common views on what these mean and how how they they are part of an organization's um, definitions. But there are other groups. There are industry groups that um, focus on data. There are um, other governance community type things. So you know, I think um, that uh, yeah, you really want you want to go to a site that is or a group that is. Ideally, cross industry, but it's it's really forward thinking and this type of technology, you know, this type of uh, thought leadership. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times um, throughout so far is around um, openness, open source, and open standards. Why why do you think that um, doing this out in the open is such a, a critical part of of making this successful? Uh, I think there's different aspects to this. So, one, I think the most fundamental part is that there's no one supplier of technology that will cover everything your organization has ever wanted to do. But the need for governance and the use of data is across your organization. So, unless you have a set of of standards that allow information about your data to flow, you are forever manually synchronizing metadata between all your tools. So an open standard is a good start, um, but an open standard on paper is... um, Just another standard. Exactly. And and there are many thousands of standards around metadata. So actually a practical implementation that, that is, is, is vendor neutral that allows all vendors to deliver their value to you um, is, is actually pretty critical. Um, and the, 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 um, in my, my experience with open source over the last couple of years is astounding at how generous people are with their expertise and how that bringing together of people with different perspectives and different backgrounds really creates very strong solutions. So the openness to the point where you have an implementation that is transparent as well as APIs and and standards that are transparent, plus you have um, experts coming together and giving their best, you know, is really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So going from... Um, sort of sort of getting more into that open standard side of things. I mean, the DataWorks Summit um, seemed to be kind of a, a little bit almost of a, of a of a coming out party, really, for the ODPI sort of governance initiative and sort of a lot of the, even though all the work was happening in the open sort of community, um, you know, things like, uh, you know, IBM and ING and Hortonworks kind of, 
you know, all announcing together all these things that uh, that were coming into into Atlas as this reference um, sort of implementation of this this whole picture. But also, you know, you mentioned uh, SAS earlier too, so I'm guessing they're a, a later addition to this. Um, are there any other sort of? Um, I'm guessing there are lots of other smaller you know, either individual members or smaller organizations, but are we sort of expecting any more um, kind of large ticket uh, parties to start joining this? I think we will. There are a number of companies that are evaluating the technology, um, but they're doing this in the background, so I can't really pre-announce their their work. Um, But yes, as the maturity of the technology increases, we are seeing a broader and broader um, interest um, in this technology, particularly from uh, companies that they have a very core value working with data. So an analytics or a very strong analytics project product, you know, and the data piece is an expense to them. So having something that they can connect to and manage the metadata around the data is, you know, is, is, is very positive for them. Mm. Um, so yes, I think we will see um, bigger names, but I really don't want to <laughs> pre-announce uh, pre-announce other people because there is a there is a tricky aspect to this because the integration um, is is to their to their products, and yeah. so they may have their their um, repository interfaces may well be proprietary at this stage, and so they may want to do more private, you know. Um, assessment of the technology before going public on it so yeah yeah of course of course and that that's the i mean talking about a number of um you know technology integration points you've got also a variety of different levels of integration into this i think we'll we'll probably come on to that a little bit a little bit later Mm -hmm. but um you know everybody everybody that sort of certainly everybody that i talk to that's interested in this space is is searching for you know the one product that will you know govern all of their data. Now, Atlas has always been something sort of very focused in into the the Hadoop ecosystem and the Hadoop world. Um, and and so, how does how does Atlas fit into this um, this desire to have? Not necessarily one one platform to govern all data, but at least mm. something to give a single view over all data within an organization. Mm-hmm. So um, since since DataWorks, um, the open governance piece, the open metadata and governance piece has grown. Um, and what we decided to do was actually to separate the Apache Atlas project from the open metadata project. Um, but still have Apache Atlas be a forerunner in the, you know, in terms of the implementation of open metadata. So, um, so Atlas today is it's open source. It's it's a strong uh, metadata repository, um, and it will support uh, the open metadata repository APIs. Um, and because it is very flexible, it'll, it will also be able to support the majority of the open metadata types and give you a repository that can fill in the gaps between the repositories that the, that the products that you have um, uh, you currently have today um, support. So what you'll find is that you might have a product that's very good at documenting your company's glossary, 
uh, maybe do a little bit of object modeling. Then you might have another product that's very good at capturing data from the runtime or is used with an ETL engine. Um, and so each of these have their own perspective. They have a subset of the metadata. And what Atlas can do is actually provide the linking between these because it's able to store relationships between metadata in different repositories. So it becomes um, a really good um, me um, a good capability for you know actually tying everything together. The technology that's providing that to Atlas is the same technology that would be embedded in other vendors' products that are integrating into this uh, ecosystem. So it's designed in a very peer-to-peer -peer way that each um, system um, has the same integration capabilities. Uh, and that means that it's able to deliver its value to the rest of the community. But it's not we're not going to the lowest common denominator. It actually tr um, ensures that the, the value is, is, is uh, additive as new repositories come in. So Atlas is a really good one for, for actually um, you know, providing additional places to store metadata that provides that linkage between different tools. Okay. So, I mean, when, when this very first started, before the Open Metadata and Governance project got split out from Atlas, or, you know, mm -hmm. Atlas sort of was, was chosen as the, the, the initial kind of reference implementation of this, you know, were there were there other candidates at the time? Did you kind of review a, a bunch of other technologies and and sort of um, and this ended up being the best fit, or could was you know was it clear that there was nothing else really in that space that that could have become this this reference this initial reference implementation mm -hmm. at the time? Yeah, so it, so we did look at um, a number of other technologies, and most of them were very focused on just recording schema information about data and they had mm. some nice visualization of it there was you know automated gathering of that information but really not the ability to extend it beyond to um, the business user and the governance of the metadata from and the, not sorry the governance of data from their perspective what was super about atlas was it had a dynamic type system um, and it was and that type system, was built um, with the idea of a graph sitting behind it. And it doesn't mean repositories, metadata repositories have to have a graph, but the graph influence um, came out through the type system. So we made um, some small changes to that type system to allow the graph to actually, you know, the virtual graph to actually span multiple repositories so we can do linking between elements in different repositories. Um, but that was a really great foundation. And the other thing that was, was, was good was it was an Apache project, which has very good, um, you know, very good pedigree in terms of producing, um, important technology. Um, and, um, and we were so helped by the Hortonworks experience in open source development that it, that it became a fantastic place for us to in incubate these new ideas because we had a, a good base and a flexible environment. So that's, you know, it, it was a, it gave us such a great start. And, and, and the reality is the reason we split it was size. And this is yeah. a very big problem that we're solving. And um, we wanted to um, make it a lot clearer about this is a bit that everybody embeds. And then this is the thing that's special to Atlas. Um, 
as as part of that community. So it's so it's I think it's a lot easier for people to understand the shared capability versus the um, the you know the value add that Atlas brings. And so is there a plan, um, and understand you may not be able to comment on the detail of this, but is there a plan to sort of um, incubate Ajira as its own um, Apache project in the fullness of time? So it, it's actually um, gone to the ODPI, uh, which is um, one of the Linux Foundation projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it already is its own open source project, um, and uh, it's available on github.com. Um, and its name is Egeria, which is a bit of a strange word. I mean, when you're going for trademarks, you need <laughs> different <laughs> words. But but it's it, it's a it's a it's a it's a female name, and it's uh, I think it's a goddess of wisdom and water or something like that. It's it's a Roman <laughs> goddess name that no one else seemed to have been using. So we we picked up on that. Um, so yes, if you search for Egeria, that's E G E R I A. Um, on GitHub, you should come across it. Um, and it has a, a companion project called Data Governance. And so Nigeria is the, is the code, um, the code base mm-hmm. that we're building. And then its close cousin is the Data Governance um, repository in the ODPI. And this is where we're building best practices. So we work together um, with people from different companies to, to create governance best practices. And then we link that back to the implementation in Nigeria so you can see okay this is how you build a data strategy and this is how you represent your data strategy in open metadata so having the two you know we've got the two audiences effectively working with the different repositories but being able mm. to cross link and actually show practical implementation of the ideas in the data governance um, team's work is um, you know is, is, is actually very very effective Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned is that, um, you know, this is designed so that you can have multiple, um, multiple instances, multiple source uh, repositories talking to each other. Now, from certainly from what you were saying during the, the during DataWorks Summit, it's not just, you know, multiple instance, instances of Atlas talking to each other. It's Atlas talking to multiple other metadata repositories you know what are the uh, what are the current uh, platforms that are either you know either already talking together or um, mm-hmm. uh, or due to be talking to to each other in the in the the new term okay so again i have to be a little bit sensitive about um, product yeah, announcements course. but but we have um we, we have uh, we're pretty advanced with our work in the information governance catalog from ibm um, that you know that 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 uh, that product. So so maybe I should talk a little bit about what it takes to be part of this ecosystem. Yeah. So basically, in, in Nigeria, there's um, a library uh, which is called the Repository Services, and this allows a repository to have effectively an adapter that will translate the proprietary formats and interfaces of that repository into an open standard format. Um, and then this library also supports um, the uh, interaction protocol. Um, and so each product takes this library and they either embed it into their server, which is what we do with Atlas, or you can run it as a little sidecar server that you know basically talks to your repository and talks out to the to the ecosystem. Um, so you have these different ways of doing it, but effectively you use um, 
the Egeria code to, to, to do the, uh, the translation between it. So with, um, with IGC, we have, um, uh, demonstrations that, that they can exchange metadata between different versions of themselves. And we are working on completing the, um, IGC2, um, Atlas, um, testing. It's effectively testing because once you can talk, open metadata effectively you can talk to anybody else who can talk open metadata so mm -hmm. um you know it's it, it's one of those things that uh, as we build the network we will increase the uh, the interoperability between them um and as i say sas has joined the the team and uh, they're working on what it what this means to their products too yeah excellent so um there is a sort of there's a bit of a common perception um, that, you know, Atlas, um, although it's relatively new, it sort of um, erupted, you know, really quite quickly and quite aggressively. And then for a little while seemed to sort of stall and not, not make too much progress. And then, you know, over the last probably, um, you know, 12 months or so, it's, it's again kind of really picked up again. What, what do you think sort of was, was part of that? perceived sort of slowdown? I think part of the problem was what was happening to the graph database at the time. And so there was mm. very little movement around Titan, um, yeah. which created, um, it sort of held Atlas back in terms of the level of Java it could support and, and things like that. Um, so there's, there's also, there's also, um, it, it is actually incredibly complicated to build a metadata repository. And so, although you can do something very quickly and it looks like you have a metadata repository, there's a big, <laughs> there's a huge amount of effort to actually bring it the maturity level. And the team um, on Atlas has been devoting a huge amount of uh, of effort in raising that maturity. So, um, and it's the the beauty what you start to see is that this isn't just a, a bucket for putting your metadata in. Um, it really is starting to try and interpret the metadata that's coming in and making assumptions and assertions. So a number of new features that have come into Atlas, which includes um, classification propagation. So if we know that this database is, has a column that's confidential and we copy this confidential column into this, uh, into this hive table, well, we know that this column in this hive table is also confidential. And this is, you know, th this type of work that's going on into Atlas is really uh, taking metadata and governance to the next level it's you know it's, ha it's really starting to say we need to automate not just gather information we need to use it uh, automate it and use it to drive the um the value in the data so i think that there was a big you know a big step just to get yourself to a point where you had a decent metadata repository and now you see the discussion and i think the open metadata um piece around atlas has raised awareness and so a lot of other people outside of the Hadoop space are looking at Atlas which also helps you know the more uh, people that are um, part of the ecosystem then you know the better the ecosystem becomes so I think all of this is is really uh, helping plus also you know it's governance used to be a thing that everybody used to try and avoid and now everybody realizes actually <laughs> the more you embrace governance uh, the the better customer service, you know, it actually delivers positive business outcomes. It's not a cost, so oh, yeah. um, I think that's also also helping as well. 
Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that it's difficult to talk about data governance without talking about kind of GDPR, that that seems to have had a, a positive kind of distilling the minds fo- or focusing the minds towards getting better uh, better data governance in place. Would you agree? Is that is that something you, you've seen as well? Yes, I think it's it's actually. I mean, it, 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 the scope of it is horrendous. I mean, it covers almost every way that a modern organisation works because everything we do has got personal data in it. You know, you're either talk, you're dealing with customers, you're dealing with employees, you're dealing with business partners, um, and almost every electronic device is tied to a person nowadays. Maybe it's their car, maybe it's their phone, or whatever. So it's very, very difficult to avoid personal data in every aspect. And so, and today, most of that's computerized. So it is very wide ranging. I think it will be a long time before organizations have truly embraced the ideas behind it. But it has a lot of the right ideas in terms of um, getting people to think about um, consent around data. And it, it isn't actually just personal data you know when when you're taking data from other companies and you're buying it it comes with a license and it's a very similar sort of process around it so i think it's woken up a lot of companies it sits there as almost a um a safety net behind a lot of other regulations that have both focused on specific types of data um and it has some very fine principles associated with it so it doesn't say you must use this technology you must do it this way you have to achieve this result which is uh, you know a, a proper care and thought about the way that you use data about people yeah yeah absolutely and so from a perspective of other people kind of contributing into um Atlas and and uh, Ageria, you know, how many people now are working at, at IBM on on this kind of this overall solution? Mm-hmm. So we have a core team of only four, um, but we have a bigger team at ING um, who are doing um, a lot of the work, um, and then we have um, increasingly num- increasing number of people who are working on integrating it into the products, and so you know this is. This is a growing number, and you're you're probably looking at maybe 30 people now that are looking at the consumption side rather than the actual production of the of the software, and and those in, those interactions are obviously feeding um, ideas and uh, improvements into that core technology. So that's and that's just us at IBM. So um, I'm uh, expecting it to um, occur in a similar way with other with other organisations as they. Um, and they start to see some advantages to it. Um, yeah. it's, 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 it's been a, a, a very fast ramp up for Algeria. Um, it's needed to be because in order for it to be credible, it has to have, it has to get to the maturity that most leading products are at. And we've had to do that in on pretty much just about a year. We started coding about a year ago. Um, and, uh, so, um, <laughs> because, because basically no product that is a leader in its field is going to integrate with something that um, doesn't support the range of metadata it supports, doesn't support the data integrity it supports, doesn't contain, you know, so we, we had to get to a minimum number of use cases before it, it was uh, a serious contender as an integration technology. Yeah. And then, of course, as as more 
as more partners and more organizations kind of come on board, they will also look to you know, continue to extend the standard to, to make use of yeah. you know, additional value add things that they want to be able to do with the platform as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is the end of part one of uh, Open Metadata and Governance Masterclass with Mandy Chessel. Um, she'll be back in two weeks' time on episode uh, 109, mm-hmm. with part two, the concluding part of uh, this particular topic, uh, where she'll be going into more detail in uh, all, all these kind of topics. Mm-hmm. So thanks again, Mandy, for t- taking the time to spend with us. Uh, with that... Anything else from you, Jan? Nope. We had a, bl- a blast, Mandy. So uh, everybody, I, I hope everybody liked this first part. And uh, Azas is looking forward to the next part. Yep. Stay tuned. But in that case, that is about all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed this serving of bite-sized big data. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But until then, please go to www.roaringelephant.org where you can find more information, including a feedback form. You can also follow us on Twitter using the at Hadoopcast tag. Contact us by email on podcast at roaringelephant.org with any thoughts, comments, criticisms, and other feedback. Until then, my name is Dave. And my name is John. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. See you then. Bye.